welcome to the Consumer Review Report. I'm Diane Rebecca here on WMCK.FM Internet Radio in McKeesport, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at noon, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Podcasts of these shows are available on WMCK.FM slash CRR iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. So if you're a first-time listener, uh, we deal with consumer issues. Uh, We sometimes do reviews. We talk about consumer products and services. And so if you have any ideas on any products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have any comments on anything that you do hear on the show, you can also email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. So today we're going to be talking about the iPhone 12 and the Apple event and what they announced uh, coming out as far as the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 mini, the iPhone 12 Pro. And then, uh, so we'll be all talking about that. And then later, uh, earlier in the week, Verizon announced they're rolling out their 5G system. So we'll hear a little bit more about that and also how 5G is supposed to make things so much better for us phone users. So we'll talk about that later. In the meantime, there is some recall news. Uh, Everyone is more than a little bit on edge regarding the cleanliness of their homes these days thanks to the coronavirus pandemic that continues to claim lives around the world. Cleaning products like disposable wipes are a highly sought-after item for obvious reasons. And Cottonelle is one of the biggest brands in the business. Unfortunately, the company has been forced to issue a recall of some of its disposable wipes after an investigation revealed that they may be tainted with bacteria. So, Cottonelle has recalled several lots of its disposable wipes due to the possibility that they have been contaminated with bacteria. The bacteria is fairly mild, but those with compromised immune systems may be at greater risk of a serious reaction. If you bought any of these disposable wipes, throw them away immediately. You can request a refund from the company on the recall page. And I'm assuming the recall page is on the Cottonelle website. But if you also wanted any updates on any recent recalls, uh, including this one, you can go to my Facebook page. I sometimes keep up to date on those. And also you can go to www.recalls.gov recent. And, you know, if you're concerned of any products that you might have, those will be listed on that website. All right, so again, we're going to talk about the Apple iPhone 12 event. Uh, They announced all kinds of things 
regarding their iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12, iPhone 12 mini. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to audio from a video posted on YouTube by The Verge that is entitled Apple iPhone 12 event in under 12 minutes. So let's take a listen at what happened there at the event. Hello, and welcome back to Apple Park. I am so glad you could join us today. I'm excited to introduce the newest addition to the HomePod family. This is HomePod Mini. It's wrapped in a beautiful seamless mesh fabric that not only looks great, but was created specifically for its acoustic performance. On top of HomePod Mini is a backlit touch surface that provides controls for volume, play pause, and even illuminates when you invoke Siri. We created a full range dynamic driver that delivers high output while keeping distortion to a minimum and developed a pair of high excursion force canceling passive radiators that enable amazing bass response. We also crafted an acoustic waveguide to deliver a consistent 360 degree sound experience. We combined it with the powerful Apple S5 chip and advanced software, which altogether enables something we call computational audio. Even before you hear the first note, HomePod Mini is analyzing the unique characteristics of the music and applying complex tuning models to optimize loudness, adjust the dynamic range, and control the movement of the driver and passive radiators in real time. Multiple HomePod Mini speakers can play perfectly in sync across your entire house. And when you place two in the same room, they'll intelligently become a stereo pair. Using the U1 Ultra Wideband chip, which we introduced in iPhone last year, HomePod Mini can understand with high precision when your iPhone is nearby. Bring iPhone close to HomePod Mini and you'll get visual, audible, and haptic effects. So it feels like your devices are physically connected as music flows from one to the other. to Apple Music, you can listen to all your favorite podcasts along with thousands of radio stations from iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and TuneIn. And in the coming months, you'll be able to use services from providers like Pandora and Amazon. And because HomePod Mini has the power of Siri, anyone in the home can ask to play an artist, album, or track, hear a playlist, or even search for music by lyrics. From multiple timers and alarms, to weather reports, to answering the random questions kids think of. Using Siri, HomePod Mini can access the apps on your iPhone to send a message, check your calendar, make a call, even find your iPhone. It comes in both white and space gray. And I'm thrilled to announce that HomePod Mini will be available for just $99. And you can order HomePod Mini November 6th, and it'll start shipping the week of November 16th. We are very excited about 5G on iPhone, and we are going to introduce 5G across our entire lineup of new iPhone models today. Introducing iPhone 12. It has smooth, flat edges, allowing the aluminum frame and glass to stay flush front and back, creating this unique, uniform construction. iPhone 12 was designed with 5G in mind, including the position of all new antennas, which go around the aluminum frame. The design looks amazing in five stunning new colors. Black, white, product red, green, and a gorgeous blue. 
iPhone 12 features the same great 6.1-inch display size as iPhone 11, yet we reduced the display borders to create a much smaller iPhone. The new OLED display also has a higher resolution, with twice as many pixels as iPhone 11. It now has 460 pixels per inch, and peak brightness is nearly twice as high for HDR content, 1,200 nits. The cover glass on iPhone 11 is the toughest in the industry, and we call it Ceramic Shield. Starting with hardware, we designed custom 5G antennas and radio components that allow us to target exactly what works best, while also including the most 5G bands in a single phone. When your iPhone doesn't need 5G speeds, it automatically uses LTE to save battery. In the US, we also support millimeter wave. We have a new chip developed by our world-class silicon team, A14 Bionic, the fastest chip ever in a smartphone. A14 Bionic is the first smartphone chip in the world built on the latest five nanometer process technology. Our silicon engineering team has packed 11.8 billion transistors into A14 Bionic. The new six-core CPU in A14 is the fastest CPU in any smartphone. A14 also features our latest four-core GPU design, driving increased image quality and overall efficiency. We've dramatically increased the performance of our neural engine by growing from eight to 16 cores. And we've also increased the performance of our CPU's dedicated ML accelerators, now 70% faster. A14 Bionic also combines with our cameras and powerful software to deliver the new dual camera system of iPhone 12. It has the ultra-wide camera that people love and use to take inspiring photos in creative ways. iPhone 12 also has a new wide camera with an f1.6 aperture, our fastest yet. Along with the wider aperture, we developed our first seven-element lens to maintain sharp detail in your photo from edge to edge. Our smart HDR3 continues to bring out details in faces, like you see here, when the sun is so bright behind her. Now it understands scenes with machine learning and applies more adjustments to distinct parts of the photo. Night mode on iPhone 12 gets even better. The faster aperture captures more light. And now we are expanding night mode to all cameras of iPhone 12 for the first time on the ultra-wide and front TrueDepth camera, which is perfect for night mode selfies. For video, iPhone continues to lead the industry with the highest quality video. We're adding night mode time-lapse with longer exposure and brighter frames when using a tripod. MagSafe is an advanced new system. It starts by improving the wireless charging experience. Our wound wire coil, which is unique in the industry, now accommodates magnets and maintains compatibility with existing Qi chargers. And we improved our shielding design to safely provide up to 15 watts for faster charging. We also added two new sensors, a single turn coil NFC and a sensitive magnetometer, which senses magnetic field strength and can instantly react to it. This enables iPhone 12 to recognize and provide a better experience for accessories. Any MagSafe accessory can simply snap onto the back of iPhone. So this is really great. We're enabling a whole new ecosystem for MagSafe. We also developed the new MagSafe Duo Charger for your iPhone and Apple Watch. And it folds up easily for when you travel. Now, every iPhone will include the more advanced and higher power USB-C to lightning cable. This is iPhone 12 mini. With its amazing size, it fits in the palm of your hand while still keeping the expansive edge-to-edge -edge Super Retina XDR display. It's smaller and lighter than our 4.7-inch models like iPhone 8, but with a larger 5.4-inch display that lets you see so much more. 
With its compact size, the iPhone 12 mini has the exact same features as iPhone 12. The iPhone 12 lineup will start at just $699 for iPhone 12 mini and $799 for iPhone 12. This is iPhone 12 Pro. It takes our new design even further with premium materials. This includes a durable and beautiful surgical grade stainless steel band and precision milled back glass. They come in four new finishes, including an elegant silver, a rich deep graphite, a stunning gold, and an all new Pacific blue. The Pro models also feature our incredibly durable ceramic shield. And these models have best in class water and dust resistance with an IP68 rating, so they can withstand submersion at up to six meters for 30 minutes iPhone 12 Pro features our industry-leading Super Retina XDR displays. We were able to go from today's 5.8-inch to a much larger 6.1-inch display. And iPhone 12 Pro Max increases from today's 6.5-inch to a more expansive 6.7-inch display. So for people who want our biggest displays, this is the largest display ever in an iPhone with our highest resolution. With A14 Bionic, we are able to bring deep fusion to all four cameras of iPhone 12 Pro, including the front-facing True Depth camera. iPhone 12 Pro features our amazing ultra-wide camera with the 120-degree field of view, and our new wide camera with faster f1.6 aperture and seven-element lens that lets in 27% more light iPhone 12 Pro also features a 52-millimeter telephoto camera for stunning portraits. With the new telephoto, you can now optically zoom in two and a half times for even closer shots. On top of that, we developed a completely new system for optical image stabilization that adopts a high-end DSLR approach called sensor shift. So we'd like to show you a sneak peek of a new feature that combines the control of shooting in RAW with the power of our computational photography, and that's Apple Pro Raw. This will be an incredible feature for pros and will be available in the iPhone camera app on iPhone 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max later this year. We're also creating an API for third-party apps to capture images in Apple Pro Raw. For the first time, we're bringing HDR video recording to iPhone. You can now record in 10-bit high dynamic range. iPhone 12 Pro is the first camera to record in Dolby Vision HDR. And we can do this at 4K resolution and 60 frames per second. We've pushed the industry with depth technology over the years. And today, we continue that innovation with a LiDAR scanner. We've adopted this technology for iPhone. It enables object and room scanning, photo and video effects, and precise placement of AR objects. With LiDAR's ability to see in the dark, we use it for autofocus and low light scenes. We are keeping the price the same as today with iPhone 12 Pro starting at $999. And we're doubling the starting capacity to 128 gigabytes. And iPhone 12 Pro Max, with our best cameras ever, at $1099. iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro will be available for pre-order this Friday, October 16th, and available next week on October 23rd. iPhone 12 Pro Max and iPhone 12 Mini will be available for pre-order starting on Friday, November 6th, and they will begin shipping the following week on November 13th. So this is our new iPhone lineup. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe and have a great day. But to add to all these big announcements, 
we also wanted to do something a little different. Something only Apple would do. So I hope that educated you a little bit on uh, how the Apple iPhones are going to perform when they're available and available for you to order and also for them to ship. So there's some dates there included. And, um, you know, I don't use Apple products myself. Not that because I think anything's wrong, but I just think that once... You are an Apple user. You are probably an Apple user for life. I chose Android, so I'm probably an Android user for life. Um, so I don't know anything about these Apple iPhones and how they performed in the past, but that's why I uh, air these audios to educate those Apple people in case they want one of these iPhone 12s. Now, I have another audio uh, to play from my video posted by the Wall Street Journal and it's entitled iPhone 12 Pro iPhone 12 iPhone 12 mini comparing Apple's new 5G phones so let's go ahead and take a look at what the Wall Street Journal thought of these phones Okay, I'm not getting any audio on that for some reason. Um, so, while I try to figure out why that might not be happening, um, let's go ahead and go to Theo Joe's uh, video. We'll, we'll play some audio from him. It's entitled, Why I'm Not Getting the iPhone 12. So let's see if that one works any better. Well, as you know, Apple announced the new iPhones. We got four new models, the 12 mini, the regular 12, the Pro, and the Pro Max. And honestly, I wasn't really too excited. I mean, there was a lot of little upgrades, but nothing that really got me excited enough to even want to upgrade, even with the excuse of being able to review it. For the past several years, I've gotten the new iPhone so I can review it. But this year, I think there's so little difference between my current 11 Pro and the 12 Pro that I don't even think it's going to be worth it. So if you are someone who's been trying to convince themselves that hey, I'm going to hold off in another year before upgrading, then you might want to watch this video. It'll confirm your suspicions. However, that doesn't mean that I'm going to say you should not upgrade to this phone. This phone sucks or whatever, because this is going to be coming from my perspective, who has an 11 Pro, which is very similar. If you're, you're someone who has a very older phone, you only upgrade every several years, then honestly, there are going to be enough major improvements from your current phone where, yeah, you're obviously going to be extremely happy with some of these new developments. But if you are someone who maybe has a one or two year old phone, then yeah, you'll probably see what I'm talking about. So first of all, the biggest focus really they had was the whole 5G thing. All the new iPhones now support 5G, which I don't think is that great. I think obviously it's good that they added 5G. I think it was bound to happen. They need to really add it, need to support the new technology, but I don't get why they're really focusing on it. I mean, I do get why they're focusing on it, but I don't think people should be as excited about it as hard as they're pushing. I mean, they were talking about how, oh, the new iPhones, they've tested getting multiple gigabits per second speed. 
who needs that speed on their phone? Maybe if you're tethering it to like a workstation or something, but I mean, look, I did a speed test on my current phone, which has 4G LTE. I was getting 250 megabits down and like 40 to 50 up. What am I gonna even need that speed for? So what would I need 5G for? I don't know what kind of files I would possibly be downloading on my phone that would need that sort of speed. And even if you did fully take advantage of the 5G speeds and were downloading at multiple gigabits a second, that would mean that your phone would be filled up with whatever files you're downloading in a couple of minutes. So it's not that exciting to me for having 5G on a phone. Yes, it's obviously essential. And I think the reduced latency is good. Honestly, I am excited for 5G in general, but not for phones, more for like home internet. And I'm, this is really gonna be another video topic probably, but I think the main benefit of 5G is when they start putting it around and you could get really fast in-home antennas basically that can provide low latency, high quality internet that doesn't have to be gotten through your ancient ISP that has a monopoly and you have nowhere else to go because they only have the hard wire for the, your internet company. Whereas now you can have other companies all putting their antennas in the same area and then you don't have to rely on your ISP. I think it's gonna force every company to innovate. That's another story though. So I don't know, 5G, I mean, it's good that they added it. Obviously they needed to, but I don't think it's really worth upgrading over. No way. I also kind of question the effect of 5G on battery life. I mean, they even said that it's automatically going to switch between LTE and 5G and use LTE when 5G is not necessary. And honestly, it's like, when is 5G gonna be necessary? Maybe never. So again, just goes back to what I said before. The next improvement is the design. Obviously, it's a something that you're gonna notice right away, but it's not really anything that's gonna change your experience with a phone. Again, not anything worth upgrading over in my opinion. I do think it's a really good design. I love that style, but yeah, just not anything worth upgrading. As for the camera on the 12, there are some improvements. So the night sight is now available on all the cameras. So not just the regular wide angle, but also so the ultra wide, which is nice, that wasn't available before. And also there's a faster aperture, which will allow better low light and night mode photos. But again, the night mode was already pretty good. It's like, yeah, it's gonna make a difference, but anything worth getting out of bed for, I don't know. As for the MagSafe, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have. If you have a charging dock that supports it, you can make sure that it's lined up all the time. But as for the back attaching MagSafe that turns into a wire, What's the point of that? Why not just plug it in and get an even faster charge? This kind of worries me actually, because there have been lots of rumors that Apple eventually is going to remove the charging port, go all wireless, and I don't know. I just think it makes more sense to just have a stupid plug. And also, how are you gonna connect to the computer if you remove the charging port? So I think this is kind of suggesting that they are planning eventually to remove the charging port and just have it attach this big giant thing on the back. I don't know, I don't know how I like that. It's nice to have in addition to the charging port, but it kind of worries me that they're gonna switch exclusively to that eventually, which I think would be stupid. Speaking of charging, yes, they removed the charging adapter. I mean, it's a blatant cash grab. They're saying, oh, it removes carbon footprint. I don't, that's BS. And the thing that's kind of been concerning me about this though, is that a lot of people, I think, the main target audience who are gonna be upgrading to the 12 and 12 Pro and all these are going to be people who have really old versions of iPhones who don't probably have the USB Type-C charger. So the main demographic of people who are gonna be buying this new iPhone are gonna have to go out and buy a new charging dongle separately. 
I don't know. I think it's a dumb move. I think they should have given it like a generation or so, more generations of the USB Type-C charger before they forced people to go out and buy it themselves. And they didn't even reduce the price. It's so dumb. Now, as for the iPhone 12 mini, I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. I like smaller phones. I prefer the 12 Pro though, with all the extra camera features and stuff. But if I didn't care about the Pro, then yeah, I would definitely prefer the mini. So I think that's great that they're at least introducing that extra size option. Now let's talk about the 12 Pro and the Pro Max. And again, there's not that much big of a difference between the 11 Pro. I don't think it's worth upgrading at all from the 11 Pro. I mean, yes, there were some camera improvements. Now the ultra wide aperture is the same aperture. It's f2.4. The regular camera did improve to f1.6 from f1.8. So that is 27% more light. And there's also the Apple Pro Raw, which I think is cool if you're gonna be doing like heavy photo editing. It's nice to be able to do that processing yourself. But one big disappointment, in my opinion at least, is that the 12 Pro Max camera is significantly better than the 12 Pro. Now, I get that this is because there is physically more space and it was probably physically impossible to get all these features into the regular 12 Pro, but it still kind of sucks because the 12 Pro Max is freaking enormous. It is too big for something that I would use. It's slightly bigger even than the 8 Plus, which was the biggest previous iPhone. I had that phone, I used to use it, and I think that that was just too big. I, I used it, but I prefer the 11 Pro size way more. Now, what do I mean by the 12 Pro Max is better than the 12 Pro in terms of camera? So for example, the telephoto lens is a 2.5X telephoto compared to the 12 Pro, which is only 2X. But the two big differences, in my opinion, are the sensor size of the 12 Pro Max. It's a 47% bigger sensor size, so that's way bigger pixels for better light gathering, which means you can have shorter shutter speeds in lower light for the same exposure, or if it's super stable, you can have longer shutter speeds to collect more light in general. Also, the 12 Pro Max has in-body image stabilization. They're calling this sensor shift, but it means that the sensor will literally be stabilized itself, which can drastically improve the stabilization and again, improve the steadiness of shots. It means you can get longer exposures, more light gathering, with the same handheld effect. So that's a huge bummer that the 12 Pro doesn't get that. I mean, I should be kind of excited because I'm not upgrading anyway, and that probably means that next year, maybe they'll be able to fit that into the 12 Pro. I really hope so, because that would kind of really suck if they again started putting only features into the 12 Pro Max, which I think is just, too big of a phone. I think it's too big of a phone, at least for me or in my sized hands. There were other features for the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max, for example, being able to record in Dolby Vision HDR. That is nice, obviously. As for the LiDAR, eh, I'm not really excited about that. Yeah, it's gonna be able to improve autofocusing if something's close enough in probably portrait mode, but for low light autofocus, I mean, if something is that dark where you can't autofocus on it anyway, is it really even gonna end up being a very good photo? I don't know. I don't think it's, it might turn out okay, but we'll have to see. I don't think it's gonna be as big of a deal as they say. And then also for augmented reality, again, I don't see this as a very popular feature. I never use the augmented reality, basically. I mean, I sh I'm sure it's useful in certain situations, but it's just definitely not something that I even care about if I'm considering an upgrade. So overall, yeah, I think there are several small improvements but even put together, I don't think it's anything worth upgrading over. Now again, like I said before at the beginning, if you're someone who has several year old phone and you're like, ah, this thing is getting old, it's aging, and it's really limiting what I wanna be able to do, then yeah, you're gonna probably be super excited about this big jump because again, it's a lot of new features, 
compared to what you have now. But if you have a recent phone, it's really nothing worth getting excited about in my opinion. I mean, maybe if you're someone who is already using the 11 Pro Max and you're used to that size, you like that size and you're really into photography, I mean, you're gonna make that decision. You might say, hey, you know what? I use my phone for photos so often that yeah, that is a worth difference. I just really wish they would have added the 120 Hertz screen. From my understanding, they were trying to get it in, but they weren't able to do it, possibly because of battery life, possibly because the manufacturing difficulties from COVID, but that would have honestly been a killer feature. I think that would have pushed me over to edge that yeah, I think this would be a worth it feature to upgrade for, but they didn't and I'm gonna probably wait till the next year to get a 120 hertz screen. So yeah, that's just my thoughts. So yeah, I guess let me know your thoughts down in the comments. If you guys wanna keep watching, the next video I'd recommend is one where I've talked about 10 really cool Chrome extensions you definitely gotta see, so I'll put that link right there. So thanks so much for watching, guys, and I'll see you in the next video. All right, so that tells you a little bit about why he's not getting the iPhone 12. And uh, the only reason is because he's got a recent one and there's not much difference to upgrading. Now, he did mention about 5G, which we'll be talking about a little bit later if I can get this Wall Street Journal audio to work. And that is that I never had any complaints about data or anything like that. Um, I, uh, oops, sorry about that. That buzzing is driving me crazy. All right. Um, but, uh, okay, I think I fixed it a little bit. Anyways, uh, so I never had any, uh, you know, any, um, complaints about the, uh, 5G being faster as far as downloading or whatnot. And, uh, okay, so that's a little bit better. All right. So, uh... And I usually download stuff on Wi-Fi anyways, so it's not like I need anything faster. So this whole hoopla about 5G, 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 I, I don't understand the hoopla. I'm pretty happy with how the phone performs now uh, and basically do most of my downloads on Wi-Fi anyways. So we'll be talking about that later, but let me see if I can get this Wall Street Journal audio to work. And if I can't, we'll move on to 5G and what that is all about. So let's take a listen or try to take a listen to the audio uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Introducing iPhone 12. Okay, one iPhone. This is iPhone 12 mini. Uh, two. This is iPhone 12 Pro. Three. An iPhone 12 Pro Max increases from today's 6.5 inch to a more expansive 6.7 inch display. Really, four, four iPhone 12s? Yes, at a virtual event on Tuesday, Apple released four iPhone 12s, each with 5G, a new design, OLED screens, and new camera tricks. Now, typically I'd be on the ground in Cupertino, ruthlessly fighting other tech journalists to get my hands on the newest phones and tell you my first thoughts. Damn, look how close we used to get to people. But this year, nope. There's still a lot to explain because again, four phones. But before we get into each model, let's talk about what's the same across the entire lineup. Whether you pay $699 or $1,100, the most obvious new thing, a new squarish design with colored glass backs. Here it is, a first look at the iPhone 12. Just joking, it's an iPhone 4. It really was a beautiful, beautiful phone. Next, they each have 5G connectivity, which Apple made a big deal about. 
This is a huge moment for all of us, and we're really excited. The issue for me is that very high-speed 5G is very limited in the U.S. right now. So even if it is that fast, not everyone is going to get those speeds or even see a 5G indicator. 5G simply isn't a reason to upgrade on its own. Then they all have new A14 Bionic processors, which are, of course, faster than last year's processors. And you know, they're good for things like gaming and augmented reality. One big difference this year, all the phones have Super Retina XDR displays, or OLED screens. The phone screens also have what Apple calls a ceramic shield, which is said to provide four times better drop performance. Of course, I'll have to test that for myself. Inside, there's a big change too. There's a magnetic disc in the back of the phones called MagSafe. Yep, like those old MacBook chargers. This enables accessories to snap to the back of the phone, I'm most excited about the new Apple wireless charger that's capable of up to 15 watt charging speeds. Speaking of charging, there are no charging adapters in the box, just USB-C to lightning cords. Apple says it's better for the earth. Which reduces carbon emissions and avoids the mining and use of precious materials. Okay, those are all the things that are the same, but what's actually different about each of them? Mostly price, screen size, and camera features. Let's run down the models from lowest cost to highest. Number one, iPhone 12 mini, starting at $699. The mini has a 5.4-inch screen, which means it's mini, but only in comparison to the other 6.1 and 6.7-inch models. Just a little reminder, the original iPhone was actually mini. It had a 3.5-inch screen. But for real, this new mini looks adorable and great for those of us who don't love giant screens. It also has an aluminum design and comes in five colors. It has two 12 megapixel cameras on the back, a wide angle and an ultra wide angle camera. All the cameras are now capable of night mode and have HDR3, AKA crisper, more detailed shots. They also have improved video capture. Number two, the iPhone 12 starting at $799. This is easy. The iPhone 12 is the exact same as the mini, except it has a 6.1 inch screen. That's it, $100 more for just a bigger screen. Number three, the iPhone 12 Pro, starting at $999. The iPhone Pro has a 6.1 inch screen, and unlike those other iPhone 12 models' aluminum designs, it has a more premium stainless steel design in four new colors. The big difference comes in the cameras. It has a triple camera system, a telephoto, a wide, and an ultra-wide. The ultra-wide camera now has a wider aperture, which Apple says offers 27% better low-light performance. The new Pro models also have LiDAR, a depth sensor that helps with augmented reality apps, but also should help with autofocus and low-light photo improvements. Number four, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, starting at $1,099. The Pro Max has the same design as the Pro, but steps it up with a 6.7-inch screen it also has an improved telephoto camera, capable of up to 2.5 optical zoom. The two Pro models will also be able to shoot better HDR video. All in all, it's one of the biggest iPhone leaps in years. But which of the four do you get? Stay tuned for when I actually get my hands on these phones. I'll have reviews in the coming weeks. I'm not really sure it's mini. All right, so that is your total education about the new iPhone 12 series, the Pro, the regular, the mini. And also they talked a little bit about that home uh, speaker series uh, thing at the beginning. 
Uh, so that's coming out with new features as well. So there you go. Let's see if uh, that is a good choice for you. All right, so let's go on to 5G and why 5G is such a big deal. An article came out uh, about Verizon and how they plan to roll out their 5G. Uh, they're ready to do that. So we'll uh, listen to audio from a video uh, posted by CNBC on YouTube. But first, let's uh, try to get educated on 5G. I have audio from a video entitled 5G in 2020, Next Generation Wireless Network. This was posted nine months ago by CBS News. So let's take a listen as to what this is all about. Well, as you know, Apple announced the new iPhone. We've got four new models, the 12. Okay, so my sound pad is going goofy. So let's go ahead and I'm going to try to uh, delete that and add it, add another one to that. Oh, this is just not my day today, I guess. So let me see if I can find it. All right, here it is. All right, we're going to try to play this audio again. Good luck to me. Introducing iPhone 12. Okay, one iPhone. This is iPhone 12 mini. Uh, two. This is iPhone 12 Pro. Three. And iPhone 12 Pro Max. <laughs> Everything's a mess here. <laughs> all right, let me delete all of these and then try to reinstall and see how that does. I'm only trying to get 5G here, but, uh, it's not working out, so let me just delete, delete, delete. Okay, and now we want to add, which one was that? Uh, 5G in 2020. And then we want to also add our next audio. Hopefully that, that will play. So let's try that. What was that? Verizon CEO on how the company plans to roll it out. Alrighty. So one more time. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Which one it's playing now? It really was a beautiful, beautiful phone. Next, they each have five. Oh boy. We're in trouble now. <laughs> because the Wall Street Journal one is, keeps playing and I don't know. I don't know why it keeps playing. So, because it's gone, I deleted it. This uh, sound pad kind of gives me trouble at times, so I'm going to go ahead and add that. And uh, let's see. Okay, now it's gone. So let me try 5G in 2020, next generation wireless network. Let's see how that plays. In Money Watch, the next generation of wireless network is just around the corner. 5G wireless service, which provides connection speeds up to 10 times as fast as the speediest home broadband service, is expected to see a wide rollout in 2020. So CNET senior producer Dan Patterson joins us now to talk all about the impacts of this technology. Because right now, there's like just certain areas have 5G, right? The certain carriers have focused on particular cities and they've really 
expanded their 5G there, but we're looking at something that's more widespread. Yeah, this is a brand new technology. So the rollout is kind of like every new technology, it's in phases. Okay, um, so what uh, companies are gonna be benefiting the most from 5G then? Well, we see a spectrum of industries. Uh, the most immediate right now would be sports. Uh, so 5G broadcasts on what they call a millimeter wave, meaning it's higher density, meaning more information, but in a shorter, literally a shorter wave, which means that uh, the rollout will take a little bit of time, but you'll start to see the benefits in places like, say, football stadiums or places where you have a highly dense or uh, just a lot of people in one place. Right. Uh, those places and those industries uh, so concerts, uh, any place you have a lot of people, yeah. you'll see a lot of 5G benefit. Where normally you'd see your sort of Wi-Fi slow down when everyone's on the phone at the same time. You won't see that slow down. It, it seems like, or how does the U.S. compare to other countries when it comes to 5G rollout? It seems like we're lagging behind a little. Well, again, that comes down to uh, population density in many cases. Look, there is a large technology hurdle that many of these companies are uh, working to overcome, but a lot of that technology hurdle is kind of a geographic graphical hurdle. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is just a big country. Mm -hmm. So in some place like New York, where we are right now, it would be easier because there are simply more people and more buildings to put transmitters on. But where I come from, South Dakota, mm -hmm. in the rural places, it might be harder simply because there are not as many people and there is not as many things to put things on. Okay. You can stack transmitters, uh, but you can't stack them right next to each other. Okay, so is that a challenge? That is that the infrastructure challenge that we're facing? Yeah, it okay. is right now. It's not an insurmountable infrastructure challenge, but you know, it, it is a new technology, so we will see different types of infrastructure developed around the technology to help with this mm -hmm. deployment. Is that the only challenge that 5G is facing in terms of a widespread rollout? Well, I think that like every new technology, there are all kinds of adoption uh, challenges. We will see carriers kind of add 5G mm -hmm. to their phones through 2020. Consumers will probably uh, start hearing about it any day now, mm -hmm. uh, but you'll start seeing it on your devices, I think in the second two quarters, the second half of 2020. Okay, okay, I guess I'm looking forward to it. Anything that improves connectivity, I think is good. I hey, think. faster speed, uh, and not yeah. just faster speed, but more uh, data. So you'll have more stuff and higher resolution on your stuff. All right. I like it. Dan Patterson, thank you so much. Good to see you. All right. So that tells you a little bit about 5G. Uh, we can go into more detail about that with this article that was written by Samuel Contreras on the Android Central uh, posting. I guess it's androidcentral.com. Uh there's an article entitled 5G Coverage Map, Every U.S. City with AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile 5G, The Race for Next-Gen Wireless Tech. He goes on to say, all of the major U.S. carriers are hard at work on their 5G strategy. AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon have launched 5G networks and are aggressively expanding those networks through 2019 into 2020. Recently, Sprint's 5G network was devoured by T-Mobile and taken offline as T-Mobile recycles Sprint's spectrum. 5G service not only provides faster speeds, but also reduced response times, allowing for new services and cloud computing not previously available. 5G is taking hold in the U.S., and it's no coincidence that many of the 
best 5G phones are also some of the best Android phones in general. For now, the major difference between LTE and 5G will be speed, but as coverage continues to roll out to new areas, more services that rely on instant connectivity should become possible. Building a 5G network is a balance between capacity and coverage. With the high-frequency bands known as MM wave or millimeter wave, carriers get access to huge chunks of spectrum, allowing for fiber-like speeds over the wireless network. Millimeter wave spectrum is the band of spectrum between 30 gigahertz and 300 gigahertz. Wedged between microwave and infrared waves, this spectrum can be used for high-speed wireless communications. While it's not the first time the frequencies of MM wave bands have been used, this is the first time it has become economically feasible to use them for mobile broadband. Lower frequencies are less susceptible to interference, meaning fewer but larger towers needed to be built to cover an area than millimeter wave. Since there is less lower frequency spectrum available, plus more people will be sharing one tower, speed is much more limited. With millimeter wave, you will have a tower for smaller areas like a neighborhood. This is kind of like how your Wi-Fi is very fast, but only works in your home. So that explains a little bit in detail why everybody is all in a frenzy, I guess, about 5G. So there was some news this week about Verizon CEO on how the company plans to roll out their 5G in the U.S. This was posted by CNBC on YouTube. Let's see if this last audio can, we can hear it without a hitch. Let's listen. The announcement today is of the phones from Apple, but also that you are going to have your 5G ultra wideband service in 19 additional U.S. cities, 19 stadiums, and six airports. How, how much closer does that get you to the nationwide coverage in 5G that I know you covet and need? No, I think this is a very important event. I mean, we have been working with our 5G strategy for four years, and we have all the time sort of baked it on top of the best 4G network that we have in the nation. So now we have sort of an ultra-wideband, which is arranged in all the phones of Apple today, which is just amazing for us. Uh, that is now in more than 55 cities uh, where you can get uh, speeds up to 4 gigabits per second. On top of that, we do nationwide 5G at the same time uh, on a low band, which means that more than 200 million people can access that as well. So I think we are having a long-term strategy that we have been part uh, of working out for years together with our partners. Apple, of course, a very important partner for doing that, all the infrastructure players. So for this is uh, really an important moment for us. 5G just got real in the U.S. because the, the, the share size of iPhones in the U.S. and iPhone users is so important for the consumers that this product now is 5G enabled and especially ultra-wideband enabled that we sort of have been betting on for a long, long time. Well, I am I, not an engineer, uh, Mr. Vesberg, uh, and, and so I tread into this area of 5G versus 4G high-band 5G, which clearly seems to be uh, the breakthrough that, that you guys are leading the way on, versus the low-band uh, uh, 5G, which you just referenced, which you said gives you effectively nationwide coverage. Uh, 
Can you walk the viewer through the difference between the high G and the, uh, the, the high band 5G and the low band uh, 5G, which some people have said really isn't 5G. It's kind of just gets the 5G thing to light up on your phone. I think that, first of all, it is uh, totally transformative when it comes to 5G ultra wideband, which is built on on high uh, level spectrum, which means that the, the coverage is a little bit shorter, uh, but the performance is enormous. That's where you can get four gigabits per second. And uh, not only you get the high speed, you get an enormous capacity. You can have thousands and hundreds of thousands of phones in very small areas at the same time using uh, the network. And then you have the low latency, the lag to the internet, which means you can do real-time real -time gaming. You can, you can access uh, uh, various cameras like we launched this NFL app where you can have seven different cameras coming from the stadium and you can wherever you are home or in the stadium you can access any of those uh, features you cannot do that on 4G that's the ultra wideband which is on the high spectrum then the low band spectrum where we, we are deploying as well that is giving you a very solid uh, experience but not even close to the ultra wideband of so course and remember Verizon also have the best 4G network on, uh, in the base on that. So forgive me for interrupting then. So the ultra high band, <laughs> the ultra high band will av be available by the end of the year to what percentage of your total customer base versus that, that lower band 5G that is good but not the gold standard? Can you give me some numbers there? Yeah, 55 cities for, uh, today, and we will have more than 60 cities by year end. Those are the most uh, populated cities uh, of the country. And of course, that's all, where all the majority of the traffic is, where all the congestion is, which we now will make congestion free. So that's the big difference. So maybe it's not the hordes of the coverage, but it's where all the traffic and the capacities and where you can do totally new innovations. We talked about it today at the keynote, everything from uh, how NFL can access the information or if it's the uh, multi-gaming that you can do with Wild Rift that's gonna be launched very soon. Shepard Smith here. Thanks for watching CNBC on YouTube. All right, so a little bit of education about 5G and why everybody's so hepped up on it. And uh, uh, I guess there was two types of 5G, which I didn't know. The lower band and now an ultra band, according to the Verizon CEO. All right, so uh, I think I will end the show. And I apologize for all the hiccups, but I hope you were still able to be educated on uh, today's topics, um, but I'm going to end the show with some BB tips, uh, BBB tips, Better Business Bureau. Um, some tips to stay cyber secure when working remotely. And these tips were provided by M Theory, a BBB accredited business. Now, several companies are still practicing safe work from home guidelines as a way to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 or have adapted their employee policies to continue this practice. While health officials continue to advise the best way to stay safe, there are some best practices for staying cyber secure while working remotely. Remember to save your work and lock your computer when stepping away from your desk. This applies to personal and corporate PCs alike.
Log off. When you are finished for the day, log off your remote PC. Don't just lock it or disconnect from it without logging off. Password, protect your office cell phone. Don't click. Watch for any coronavirus or other communication asking you to click a link, log in, or supply a password. These messages should be viewed with extreme skepticism. Read more on phishing scams. Next tip, never open an attachment. Click on links or reply to messages unless you are 100% certain that the source is legitimate and the communication was expected. Call to verify. If you get an email requesting you to do a favor for your manager, like purchasing Target gift cards or wiring transfer or wire transferring money, always call the person to verify before acting. Many of these requests are bogus. Um, and then they refer you to BBB study on business email compromise scams. The next tip, don't allow remote IT support without verifying the source. Your IT department will communicate with you first before connecting to your computer. If anyone you don't recognize calls you and claims to be with your IT department and asks you for your password, ConnectWise, Automate, Machine or TeamViewer ID or other sensitive information, hang up and call your IT department to see if the request was legitimate. Read more on tech support scams. Next tip, do not accept unsolicited support calls claiming to be from Microsoft, Apple, or other vendors. Avoid pop-up numbers. If a message box pops up with a phone number in it, do not call the number. Always run antivirus, anti-malware software on your computers, particularly home PCs. Ensure that your subscription and antivirus definitions are kept up to date. Also, ensure that Windows PCs are rebooted regularly and that Windows updates are routinely installed on home systems. So there are, those were 10 tips provided by the BBB, the Better Business Bureau, to stay cyber secure when working remotely. Okay, so that is going to be the end of the show. And so... I hope you uh, maybe have some comments on what you heard today. And if you do, if you want to comment on the Apple iPhone or 5G coverage, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you are interested in any of the latest recalls of any products that you are concerned about, you can go to www.recalls.gov recent. And sometimes I am able to keep my Facebook page up to date on those recalls. So you can go to my Facebook page at Consumer Review, Review Report and take a look at any of the products. Um, They do have pictures, so if you see a product that may concern you, you can go to www.recalls.gov slash recent, click on the link, and it'll tell you what to do. What what are you supposed to do? Turn it in for a refund? Just get rid of it? Um, You know, uh, 
it'll tell you all that information, what phone numbers to call, what websites to visit, especially if you have any of these Cottonelle uh, disposable wipes that were recalled, you can get a refund if you go to their website and request a, we- uh, a refund on those disposable wipes. All right, so this is the Consumer Review Report on WMCK.FM, Internet Radio in McKeesport, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc., heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at noon, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Podcasts of these shows are available on WMCK.FM slash CRR, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. I'm Diane Rebecca, wishing everyone a safe and good week.